Hello. So today's trigger phrase is from the African American poet Audrey Lord, and the line is, "If I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive." So here's what came out for me. Society does this to each of us, asking us to be to deliver on expectations, needs, conformity. Be the you I want you to be. Take your place. Keep a pace. Freedom is tantamount into exploring without fear, facing yourself, fingers in the dark corners, wiping away layer upon layer of neglect. I hold the light. I choose to be free. I breathe to be me. Will other people live fully if they did not impose their image of me on me? They can. Will others feel free to be themselves if they choose to? They can. Will I be me, full of hope, confident, brave, creative, inspiring, smiling all the way without them? I can. I am. I like the finality <laughs> of the I am. <laughs> How about you? Here's my wild mind. What came mind. through? Wild mind. <laughs> yes, yes. I am munching on macadamia nuts as I try to respond to the quote above. There is <laughs> this image of me being rolled into a mixture of ground graham crackers and condensed milk, and then a King Kong-sized manifesting collective ego of humanity chewing into a gooey, masticated substance that would then disappear into the abyss of a gargantuan esophagus. <laughs> so yes, this image has scared me into defining myself. Mm. But... We go through life just being who the moment allows us to be. An open window there and a closed door here. Mm. A chance to be a circle, even if the mold being offered is a stiffened square. Mm. I do not really know when the definition of self happened. That articulation of who I was, who I am. Did it start with those autograph books we had as kids? <laughs> those dainty line pages where your info page includes the question, what is your motto in life? Mm -hmm. And then that other question or phrase that says, define love. Mm -hmm. well, I used to answer, love is a four-letter word that can be eaten. <laughs> Sorry, so playful. I was being playful. Uh, that was nice. That was nice. I like that. Like, you started with crunching macadamia nuts. Because I was my favorite cool. here. Macadamia nuts in um, Himalayan salt. Oh, nice. I buy it from a shop near Piccadilly Square. It's the best. Yeah. Oh, I, so my last line had come, you know, when we were kids. I don't know if you... Yeah went through that we had what did we call it autograph books slum book slam no, book no and they they were actually already like 
prompts. There were prompts, prompts to it. Yes, prompts, and you you complete that, and you you give it. Your I friends, never got and into they it. Fill it up, and then you keep <laughs> it. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. think this love is a four-letter word that can be eaten. Was was my brother? I think that quote came from him actually, and I took it. <laughs> I don't even know what it means. Anyway, and that came from the whole lim- the the trigger line we had. If I didn't define myself for myself, mm-hmm. I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. Yeah, <gasps> that's why I came to the eating part <laughs> yeah. well, it's true right if you don't define your borders if you don't tell people who you are you'll just they be trampled will... upon and shaped by others no correct and then that means that you lose your heart you lose your spirit and your purpose i think in the world i know that it wasn't easy for me growing i always knew that i was an introvert that my operating mode was always to be surrounded by books and just leave me alone. Mm. Uh, I remember mama saying that for the summer, she would already have magazines or books there. And she would always tell me, don't be so greedy because that means that I would finish all the books then. And then I would ask her, I'm bored now. Right. Because it was like a whole summer. And then, and then you would read she would have nothing yeah, to, to be entertained with right it's not like we had like places to go to if we had places to go to it was going to the province to tend Mm -hmm. to either like uh, visiting a grand or mama had stuff to do with the land reform then in the philippines right so she would leave us there you read a lot yeah because it was in the house right and then my uncles and both my parents were voracious readers and even hearing Mama's stories about how she and my Lola and other aunts would really enjoy reading about the royal family. Or really? uh yeah, they would we would have books there. So at an early age, I knew who Jenny Churchill was. I knew who Winston Churchill was <laughs> because it had books. Wow. Had books. I remember reading parts of it. As a kid, it introduces you to worlds beyond yes. your own. Yes. And it also tells you about how other people's yes. lives have right. unfolded. And so what is the possibility for you now yeah. as a yeah. kid? So going back to what I had started about, I was an introvert, but I knew that I could also speak up. And, and I found that expression through theater. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, like starting in grade school, I was involved in place and yeah. that carried through all the way and that's how we met in university right so mm. being in performance or creative spaces uh was really a way to put my identity out in the world right and define it yeah so while you were talking also i was thinking you know what are the parallels mm. I also spent a lot of my childhood reading books and that mm-hmm. summer was like that with us. Yeah. yeah. And the introvert part of me too, which I didn't think I was until oh, I yeah. go yeah. back. And I also read everything, 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 <laughs> literally everything. Yeah. And, and then my parents were into those reader's digest. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And also all the series of books as part of the reader's digest products. Oh, okay. Know. Anyway, my mom and my dad would buy 
a lot okay. of books for us kids to read and I just read everything sometimes <laughs> I run out of things to read so I would even read you too <laughs> I would read even the literature of the medicine you know the medicine bottles in the box the pamphlets that come yeah, with the them. pamphlet I read the pamphlet Seriously. oh my god you're such a nerd Really? <laughs> so yeah, I would do that because it was just running out of things to read. <laughs> That's already the part where you said this exposes you to, to a bigger world, to other people, yeah. like you had with the books that your mom had in the house or your uncles had. Yeah. Uh, but, but I guess before that is the phase where you, your definition of self. Is mm. how you were from a young age, right? Yeah. What, what the, your shape, mm-hmm. by the immediate experiences, whether it's family or school, and yeah. then and then this next phase is kind of when you are able to read. Um, at least you and I had, and yeah. then moving onwards as we went to theater and university, then there's the more of, um being able to then find ways to express your own identity plus whatever costs the causes we aligned with and then theater became an expression of that right but yes. within that we were able to find our own identities as individuals yeah and i guess for you it became profound too because you had your own need to define yourself mm-hmm. uh, as different from what society had expected you to be in terms of the gender Correct. And choice later on that you made. Also, books provided a, a land of possibilities, right? So I remember the first book I ever read about somebody who was trans. I think I was in high school. There were two names that that I sort of landed. One was Christine Jorgensen, and then the other was a trans man who did a photo essay book. His first name is Lauren, and I forgot his last name, but it just gave me like, oh shit, there are other people. And this was long was before. This? So the first one, <laughs> Christine Jorgensen, I think I came across her name when I was in high school. Oh, wow. And then Lauren. And you were in an all-girls school, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and even oh. then, I didn't think of myself as trans. But those are the things that stuck to me. Like, oh, okay. There are other people who live differently from how society says that they should be. So that was, for me, a powerful thing. Because I remember it clearly. Like, the book that was created by Lauren. So he took pictures of himself in bodybuilding poses. And he was really buff, right? So it's like, holy shit, like somebody can make (laughs) a very powerful choice Mm. to live who they are in their head and in their heart and physicalize it. And And how many? And this was still high school, the other book too? So so Lauren's book I found in UP. I was in- University, yeah. uh, Yeah, University in Diliman. I was in the library then with the phys ed. But the first one was Kristen Jorgensen. And so she was a trans woman who was one of the first who had gender reassignment surgery. Wow. And she was around in the 50s. So that was kind of like... She was a trans woman? She was a trans woman, Christine Jorgensen. Wow. And so I read about her when I was in high school. 
it took you how many more years until you got to oh, yeah. Canada? And then I remember you then took on bodybuilding, didn't you? You uh, powerlifting. Yeah, I was powerlifting. Yeah, and you competed. I did, and I won some hardware. So I did that when I was in CCP. I think it was my first. I was like, I was in my early uh, years. You were still in the Philippines. You started already. Yeah, you were already center. doing rowing at that time. Yes. I was involved in the dragon then, boat team. And then you you built that even more when you got to Canada. Yes. The, the powerlifting. Uh no, not the powerlifting because I didn't find the right gym here. So what I continued here was the dragon boat. So the dragon boat mm -hmm. rowing I did with a team at the Metropolitan Community Church of Toronto. And then um, the martial arts. The martial arts started in 2014, and I did it for about four years. So I learned our niece. And for me, it was a conscious effort to connect with the Filipino culture, because I was living here in Canada. Yeah. We've always been exposed to the arts, but I've never been exposed to the martial arts history of the Philippines. So for me, it was a way to find out more about why that particular martial arts flourished in the Philippines, how it connects us to the Malaysians, to Indonesians, uh, to Indians in the way that they had this similar stick fighting history, right? And, you know, to see it in the recent years being done in movies too, like using Kali uh, and Arnis as a fighting method in some of the Western yeah. movies now. So Yeah, I could see that. So. And it's good just in terms of like learning how to breathe, using your power and your breathing to be able to either defend yourself or get out of situations which are you know not healthy for you to be in <laughs> does it come back to does it form part of that whole journey also in terms of crystallizing your identity choice these mm. going into these sports or it was not a conscious thing it was just went with the flow of it of course on hindsight now it kind of seems like Oh, that's a conscious choice, right? So doing all these things that are very physical. Mm. Um, but in that moment, says I it, it didn't. It, it didn't. That's no. interesting. So I just with, felt drawn to it. Yeah, because for us who were witnessing you from afar going yeah. into these activities, it seemed almost like a part of asserting the oh, choice. Yeah. Okay. But maybe yeah. that's why I'm asking, because maybe it's not, it's just how we perceive it. Uh, but it's an interesting. I don't insight. know. So yeah. that's that's why I asks. That's interesting. Oh wow! See, the, I think that's the beauty of having this conversation because <laughs> you're you're seeing it, you've witnessed it from the time, and for you, these are how the dots connected. And for me, mm. I not, guess it wasn't. It, it wasn't that. in it that wasn't, moment. It wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't the thing that was driving you. It was just no. But then maybe the things that we really do, the things that resonate well, that, that we're passionate about, really has a thread to them. Like wow. for yourself, right? When you were young, when you were in the well of, of words and books and you found mm. comfort in that and mm. in all the writing that you did, even the technical writing that you do for your clients, right? <laughs> in a way, it is a creative act. There's oh. one thing that I read that said, being creative is not a talent. Being creative is an operating ability. And I said, I like wow, that. Yes. 
It is true, right? Because creative does not only mean an expression in the arts. It's in everything yeah, that we use that. You Even do. in management, no? Leadership, oh, yeah. creative solutions, creative yes. ways of leading, yeah. creative ways of making people participate, creative yes. ways of thinking around strategies. Yeah. That's what right. we bring over. Yeah. And when I think back to the work that you did in Asia Pacific, in North America, there in Europe, right? So in the ways that you're able to design programs, right? And, you know, is it a single day? Is it a multi-day? Or it crosses months because it has to be a continuum of activities and projects to build out capability. And that, you know, really taps heavily into creativity because you're trying to get people to a future, Mm. helping shepherd them to a future, you know, guiding what is possible. That's being creative. (laughs) Nice. Okay. This liminal writing session brought us to many places again. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But always in the spirit of discovery and learning more about ourselves in the world and how the world is for us. Yeah. But the takeaway would be chew on your own macadamia nuts and don't get crunched by other people's uh, ideas of (laughs) you. Correct. (laughs) That's what it said. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Be out there and you be you. (laughs) Yeah, the world will always help shape who we are, who we choose, but there's always that choice. And I think that's powerful enough when you know that you own your agency. Agency. See you next time. (laughs) Bye.